This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. My birthday was yesterday, and everybody forgot. I got really dressed up and excited, and no one said a word. There wasn't even a party. I think sometimes people are really mean to the hot, popular girl. Okay, what we're not going to do is this. Was somebody's he birthday recently? Wanted, no, I'm not letting him do this to us. He wanted to play that clip. And he was like, when I said happy birthday, he was like, oh, I was hoping you forgot my birthday so oh, that I could play this clip. Justin, was your birthday yesterday? Yeah. Wow. Yes, yes, it was. Turn your mic on, Justin. Might help, yeah. Um, so then okay, I said well, happy birthday, and he said, dang it, I wish you would have forgotten so I could play that clip. Yeah, he's ready for this. I brought you was a present I? today. I know. I don't want to hear it. Wait, Thank you brought a you. present? Yeah. What? I didn't. Justin just likes Thank to you, act Michaela. like a victim. No, I, I am so, so happy Justin. that someone remembered my birthday. Aww. I remembered Thank it you, yesterday. Michaela. To be fair, she likes you a lot more than I do. And also, um, when you guilt somebody into it, it doesn't mean they remembered your birthday, Justin. But that's uh, that's from us, right, Michaela? I, yes, uh, it is, honey. I, yes, uh, it is. I helped uh, do that. Mm-hmm. So. You so tried you know the string, here, right? Baby. Absolutely, I do. So no. t- tell the people what's in here. Probably a bottle of bourbon. You would be correct. Look. You would who, be correct. Who am I, Justin? Yes. How well do I know you? And Way to a, go. Lisa picked it out. And a picture frame. Okay. Very nice. Let me see the picture frame. Wait, did Lisa put the picture? There's no picture in it? <laughs> no picture of anybody. Good morning. Welcome to the morning beat. Justin's Wait, opening his day late birthday Lisa gifts. and literally was like, you should put this in there. And I was like, no stupid. There's a picture frame of some <laughs> random kids in there that came with the photo. Or Six random frame. kids, yeah. Wow, well, that's sweet. Lisa is the dumbest person I've ever met. That was not supposed to be in there. And then she thought it should be in there. And I'm. Wow. Well, here we are. Well, tell Lisa thank you. Happy Thursday, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, my in. God. Lisa is an idiot. We're okay. not a disaster at all. Or, does it feel like we're still recovering from 4th of July? Oh, oh but, God, yeah. yes. And also, we've got vacation coming up, so it's like when you've got the vacation excitement. Is that Gentleman Jack? What yes, is it? Yes, it is. Yeah, that's a good one, too. It's very nice. That is a nice bottle, yeah. Justin. It was See? very nice. Thank you, Michaela, and thank you, Lisa. And AJ. Yeah, yeah and me, because I guessed it right. Yeah, so but also that. whatever I do, he's a part of. So, so he... you're a carnival barker. Wait, what did I get you for Christmas? Didn't I get you a bottle of bourbon? Yes, you did. What did she get you? We're even. That's we true. Even. <laughs> we are even. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, oh, Lord. I can't believe Christmas is less than half a year oh away. Oh, my God. I know. You know what, though? I went... Wait, it's not quite half, less than half a year away, is it? Actually, it is. Oh, it is. is. Okay, good, We're good, good. close to Christmas. Was... Okay, good, good, Christmas, good. yeah. Um, are you ready for vacation? I'm very, very ready. But you're doing something fun this weekend. This weekend, yeah. So this weekend I'm heading out to Joshua Tree, going into, the, uh, is that the Coachella Valley still? Is that technically part of the Coachella Valley, right? Kind of? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to Joshua Tree this weekend. I'm going to stop in Palm Springs. So I have a friend of mine, a buddy who I haven't talked to in years, and we used to go to church together. A lot of us used to go to the same church together, Right. The girl I'm going to visit next week in Portugal used to be a pastor at the same church. Crazy. None of us go there anymore. And we all have very similar stories as to why we don't go there anymore. But I think we've bonded through that over the years. Uh, But anyways, he reached out after he found out we were engaged. And he said, listen, my wife and I, uh, first and foremost, oh, I think I commented, he owns a restaurant in Palm Springs, uh, Booze Hound. It was rated as like one of the top restaurants in Palm Springs recently Love. Uh, for like Sunday brunch or something like that. Love. And so I said, we need to go check that out. Congratulations. I had no idea you had a restaurant. He goes, also, my wife and I uh, have our own photography company and we would love to shoot you in a meal. 
uh, for your engagement. Amazing. And they know Emil. Emil used to go to the same church. We were all friends. And so we, I was going through old emails looking for an email from him, and I haven't we emailed each other last in 2014 or 15, I believe. Uh, so we're actually going to Joshua Tree this weekend. We're staying at the Castle House Estates. Uh, our friend Ryan, he and his partner Luke, uh, they have a like a sort of like an outdoorsy glamping resort situation going on there. And then we're going to go uh, shoot engagement photos out in the desert, which is really really exciting. I love that. And I'm we're so bringing for Kingston, you. our dog, because it's uh, all gated. The place we're staying. Oh, so. that's amazing! And we got him little booties, so he doesn't have to run around on the hot surface. So we're excited to see how that turns out. So cute! But uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the weekend and the next weekend. Or the next week, obviously, I'm off to uh, Europe. Yay! Lots going on right now. That's for me. great, honey. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do some news on the beat? Yeah, I'd love to. Take it away. All right. Well, there's a lot going on. Um, uh, the global coronavirus death toll has surpassed four million. Can I get a little music? As threats from variants, low vaccination rates, and spotty pandemic responses linger, uh, the Indian Prime Minister dropped 12 members of his cabinet in a reshuffle spurred by a devastating second coronavirus wave. Uh, The Modi administration has faced international and domestic criticism over its alleged lack of preparedness and chaotic vaccination program rollout. In the U.S., emerging data underscores the desperate need for more vaccinations. For example, every person who died of COVID-19 in June in Maryland was unvaccinated. And now that the Delta variant is spreading more, some experts are asking whether we should test vaccinated people for the virus and whether vaccinated people should resume using masks in certain situations. All right, in other news, former President Trump is suing Facebook and its CEO, Twitter and its CEO, and YouTube and its parent company CEO after he was removed from the platforms this year. Courts have typically dismissed similar suits, and these are likely doomed from the start as well. Trump's latest uh, effort coincides with some concerning comments tied to him and a high-profile supporter. A new book claims Trump once praised Adolf Hitler during a 2018 discussion with his White House chief of staff, John Kelly. Trump has denied the comments. Meanwhile, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, a Trump ally, compared the White House's vaccine push to Nazi-era brown shirts Weeks after apologizing for her comments comparing Capitol Hill mask rules to the Holocaust, we will have uh, our very own Trump joining us tomorrow to discuss, played by John D. Domenico. Do you know that they, um, this is actually a big deal, they replayed our Jimmy Kimmel episode, and Jimmy Kimmel never replays anything, and he did. He replayed the episode that me and Trump were on. My bigger question, first and foremost, congrats. Thank you so much. You're fantastic on it. Hilarious. He was the best Trump out of all the Trumps. A thousand percent. Um, my next question is, are there residuals attached? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because every time, every time I get a text or a DM from somebody saying, hey, I saw you on Wendy Williams, and I'm like, I haven't been on there in weeks. I got money coming I got a money in. coming in the mail, people. We love it. That's how that works. Also, could you learn to play Marjorie Taylor Greene? Ugh, no, I, you, I wouldn't. I just want to drag her. No. So we need to find somebody who can play her That's so I can fine. drag them. I would them. never play her. I was emo yesterday. I was emo yesterday, too. But the, especially Ohio and, and them now being able to like deny service to LGBTQ people. I was really upset about yeah, it. I got, I, was I got in a long, heated conversation with my mom. It was also probably fueled by the one and a half dirty martinis I made for myself that at tracks. four in the afternoon. Mm. Yeah, it was okay. a rough day. Four in the afternoon. Love your style. Yeah. All right, uh, Summer's here, and it's green. It's brought to you by McDonald's, a high of 86 in Kansas City, 86 in Miami, 68 in San Francisco, 111 in Phoenix, 84 in Atlanta, 73 in Buffalo, 79 in Cleveland, and 111 in Cathedral City. Now, McDonald's, you can get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid Strawberry Watermelon Slushy or McCafe Fraps and Smoothies for just $2. Now, give us a vibe of the day. I believe in being strong when everything seems to be going wrong. The words of the great Audrey Hepburn. If something in your life isn't going right right now, this is the time to lean in. Be strong. You've got this. You'll get through it. We're, we're rooting for you. Yeah, I love Genuinely. that. Also, speaking of McDonald's, I'll tell you this. A little quick little little bit of information about AJ. Whenever AJ travels internationally, at the end of the trip, I always look for McDonald's at the airport because as much as I love like different food, McDonald's I always want McDonald's on my way home. I get a Listen, Big Mac and fries every time. I can't do these reads anymore because I literally crave McDonald's every, every we, single day. We leave here every single day and we say, do we want to go McDonald's uh, right now? I know. I can't do it. <laughs> All right. Well, coming up, Dr. James Simmons joins us on the J&J vaccine and the Lambda variant coming up next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. We're so glad you're here hanging out with us as always. We appreciate your love and support. It is almost time for What's Poppin', but first I want to tell you about something really cool that's going on right now here at our parent company, Odyssey. 
Uh, so Odyssey has created exclusive stations that are curated for listeners just like you. Uh, I'm talking Lady Gaga Radio. Maybe that's your vibe. Uh, if you listen to this station, uh, head over to odyssey.com. By the way, download the Odyssey app and you can do it there. Uh, not only are you are going to get Lady Gaga, you're going to get other artists that are similar to Lady Gaga, artists that you might not know about, maybe a little bit lesser known than Lady Gaga, which basically means every artist on the entire planet. Uh, but you're going to find some artists that you really, really just fall in love with. I was listening this weekend. Uh, one of my favorites is I'm too 90s for this dance. I had some friends over. We got together, uh, celebrated uh, just our friendship, and also remembered that we're old. And all the music that we love from the late 90s that we haven't listened to in a long time, we found on I'm too 90s for this dance, uh, thanks to the Odyssey app. You can do the same. There are all kinds of exclusive stations curated just for you and your friends. Maybe you got a barbecue, a pool party, a reunion coming up. Uh, this is the perfect opportunity uh, to head over to odyssey.com and listen to one of our curated music stations. Uh, right now, though, it is time for What's Poppin'. Michaela, what do you got? All right, so Jada Pinkett Smith is opening up about how she passed out on the set of The Nutty Professor. This is crazy. I remember watching this movie now, and I would have never known that she was, like, indulging in this so to say cocktail take a listen as she opens up i had one incident on nutty professor i passed out when you told me that story makeup trailer that's when i you was never like, told me that no. wow i passed out i went to work high and it was a bad batch of ecstasy lord have mercy and i passed out and i told everybody that i had taken i must have had old medication in a vitamin <laughs> bottle <laughs> So she would do this cocktail where she would uh, get high, she would have an actual cocktail, and then she would do ecstasy, and then she was, like, feeling good, and she'd go on set, and uh, she said after that, that was the, the final and last time. But I couldn't imagine going on set not sober. I mean, it was just such a different time, I guess. But uh, she. Well, I don't want to say not sober. I think we've been a little bit tipsy a couple times coming into work. Uh, different, but, no, but not I've on never ecstasy, gone. Though. Yeah, no, but I've never gone on camera or stepped on set because because for me, like I don't even sing. One thing about me also is I won't sing with alcohol or anything. I just feel more in control. Oh no! When yeah. I'm sober. When I saw you perform in Denver, you were sober the entire day, like running around crazy. Yeah, at this wild and that's party. not a that's not yeah. a drag. Yeah. I'm. I think that that's like amazing, and I think it's great for her. However, I love that she was like it was old medication uh i'm fine now but i like that she opens up like this i think it makes her relatable i think it makes her so human i love that her mother was like lord have mercy she didn't know yeah also how are people i I, like i've never done ecstasy in my entire life but very successful people are doing it and going to work like how (laughs) good for you but that's what i'm saying yeah that's crazy uh but you know they also talk about on red table talk how women are drinking a lot of alcohol how it's become a trend that's been happening for a while but since the pandemic it has been illuminated that women are abusing alcohol more and more to cope and uh, I could see that as well but I also think that's men too I, I wouldn't even just specifically yeah, make that a woman thing I had a big old martini yesterday afternoon so yeah but also that's great we love martinis alright well coming up uh, Dr. Melissa Fabello is joining us to discuss what it means to be non-binary and how it's uh, not just a fad coming up in the next hour Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Coming up this hour, we're talking to our uh, sexuality expert, Dr. Melissa Fabello, uh, having a conversation about what it means to be non-binary. Uh, we do our best to always stay informed to, and to understand you know, what people's wants and needs are as humans, as individuals. But I'll be honest, I get confused sometimes. It feels to me a little bit like people are just coming out of the closet as non-binary or gender non-conforming, but still like having their cake and eating it too. I'll just be honest. That's how I feel. Uh, Hollywood especially. It feels like people are trying to get a leg up by being something a little bit different right now. Mm -hmm. Is it fair to feel that way? Am I an a-hole? I think Melissa Fabello is probably going to tell me I'm I'm an Mm -hmm. a-hole. But I want to know. I want to learn. I want to do better. And I think a lot of our listeners feel the same way. Yeah, I feel the same way. I honestly just want to be able to defend our brothers and sisters. And I want to make sure that we have all the information to do that. I don't want to grace anybody. 
yeah. but I do want to understand more. Uh, so we're talking to her in a little bit. So if you are in that uh, in that that camp where maybe you don't understand some of these pronouns and or lack of pronouns that people are are, are using nowadays, we're having a conversation, a very candid conversation in about uh, eleven minutes. So stick around for that. Right now, though, it is time for news on the beat. Michaela, what do you have for us? All right. Well, search efforts at the site of the Surfside, Florida condo collapse transition from re- rescue to recovery last night, meaning there's virtually no likelihood of finding more survivors. The decision was made after determining the viability of life in the rubble was low, the Miami-Dade County Fire Chief said. At the time of the announcement, the death toll stood at 54, with 86 people potentially unaccounted for. As communities gather to mourn and pray, the question of how such a catastrophic event occurred still lingers. The top prosecutor in Miami-Dade County say, says she's formally tasked a grand jury with investigating the cause of the collapse and is looking into ways the pre- to prevent such a tragedy from happening again. Now, in other news, after tackling Kim Jong-un and the iceberg that sank the tank, Saturday Night Live's Bowen Yang is about to take on Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. The out comedian has been named to co-star in Fire Island, a film inspired by Austen's 1813 literary classic about Regency romance in 19th century England. Uh, the out actor, writer, and comedian Joel Kim Booster wrote the script and will co-star with Yang and queer Korean-American filmmaker Andrew Ahn is the director. It's the first leading role in a film for either Yang, 30, or Booster, who's 33. It adds Yang to the long list of SNL cast members who have made a film from Dan Aykroyd and John uh, Belushi to Kate McKinnon and Pete Davidson. Now, it's not exactly clear how Fire Island will stand um, in for... Hertfordshire and Derbyshire, the setting for Austin's novel, uh, but it's going to be really, really great. I love that. I'm obsessed. With, I'm so pleased with this collaboration. They're both hilarious. Well, also, it's a reminder that in Bo and Yang's first season on SNL, I believe, first season became a standout star. Yes. How many Asian characters have we seen on SNL? Well, listen, we had Joel Kim Booster on our show, and he was so... Um, he was so funny, but he was also like very brilliant. Just like sat here and was really cool. Listen, and- if you're any sort of uh, minority fighting for representation, fighting for jobs, you have to be ten times more brilliant. You just do, and that is so sad. But I love, love, love that we're in an era now where a queer Asian man, yeah, is popping. Yes. I, I love that. I want more of it. People want more of that. We desire it. A thousand percent. Okay, well, let's now get into a little weather. Summer's here and it's queer. It's brought to you by McDonald's, a high of 111 in Cathedral City, 88 in St. Louis, 73 in Buffalo, a high of, ah, uh, my phone, 88 in Baltimore, 68 in San Francisco, and 113 in Vegas. Oi, vey, I'm going to Vegas next week. And it is hot, honey. I'm not into that. All right, at McDonald's, get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid strawberry watermelon slushie or McCafe fraps and smoothies for just two bucks. Now give us a vibe of the day. I believe in being strong when everything seems to be going wrong. Listen, it's easy to be strong when life is just rolling right along. Yeah. But when it goes wrong, that's when you need to be strong. Absolutely. That's a lot of, that's a lot of rhyming. That's a lot of rhyming. It's like a rap song. <laughs> wow. Uh, all right, coming up, Dr. Melissa Fabello um, is joining us to talk about what it means to be non-binary and why it's not just a fad. Coming up next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, as you know, we like to have conversations here at The Morning Beat that aren't always the most comfortable uh, and that the, on, on, on topics that we're not always the most knowledgeable about. You know, I can talk about being a gay man all day long, but when it comes to being a lesbian woman, I, def- I defer to Michaela. She knows more than I do. That's her experience. Uh, when it comes to terms like uh, non-binary, gender non-conforming, pansexuality, uh, I get a little bit tripped up sometimes, I'll be honest, and I think a lot of our listeners feel the same. So we wanted to bring back one of our favorite guests, uh, she always sort of uh, teaches us, drags me if I need to be dragged, and I'm okay with it. It's Dr. <laughs> Melissa Fabello, our sexuality expert. Dr. Melissa, how are you? I'm really excited to drag you today, AJ. No, I love it. Yes! Listen, I love it, and I'm here for it. Uh, but I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I was really excited you came across this article uh, that the U.S. Census uh, doesn't really ask about gender identity until recently. Uh, no population estimate of non-binary LGBTQ adults in the United States existed, but now they're saying there are roughly about 1.2 million non-binary LGBTQ adults in the United States, according to this this first uh, first estimate uh, that was just released this week, which is. Super 
super exciting. Also tells me I need to know more uh, because I'll tell mm. you when I get a little bit confused sometimes between uh, the different terms, and I'm not sure exactly the difference between being pansexual or gender nonconforming or non-binary. Um, and then we have celebrities like Demi Lovato who seems to adjust uh, their pronouns uh, with some regularity, and I get a little bit caught up. So can you just sort of like talk us through the difference between uh, these different terms? Yeah, totally. So one thing, okay, so if we're going to take these three terms, let's separate um, sexual identity from gender identity, because those are two different things, right? So your gender identity is who you feel you are in a gendered way and how you would identify yourself in a gendered way. Like I identify as a woman, for example, and then your sexual identity is more tied to your sexual orientation. Who are you attracted to? What are the genders that you're attracted to? Right? So pansexual this is maybe the easiest one to describe because it's the one that's it's the only one of those three that's a sexual identity got it so pansexual is very similar to bisexual um some folks feel really strongly that those terms are really different some folks feel like they overlap but it's a version of a polysexuality aka attracted to multiple genders so some people define pansexuality as attracted to all genders some people define pansexuality as um, an attraction to people of all genders where gender does not play a role in the attraction. So different people would define it differently, which I think is honestly like the biggest lesson here is ask people how they define their identity. I think that it's awesome to have like a foundation of what these identities mean, but they're going to mean different things to different people. So if someone says to you, like, oh, I identify as pansexual to say, like, what does that mean for you? I think it's a totally valid question to mm. always ask. Whereas non-binary and gender non-conforming are more gender identities. So it's like, this is how I see myself in the world in a gendered way. There are ways in which those identities can be similar, could, could overlap maybe, where it's like, I don't identify as a man, I don't identify as a woman. We often see those genders as very binary, very opposite. Um, so when we're talking about the binary, the binary that we're talking about is the kind of culturally constructed binary of man and woman. Um, the, the place where I think people get tripped up, right? So, um, if you picture gender, right, and you picture it as a binary, you can almost see it as a spectrum from man to woman where these two things are at, on the ends and there's like a line and people will kind of interpret, um, non-binary identities or like gender non-conforming identities as like somewhere on the line, but that's not really accurate. I would say take the line out and picture more like, I don't know, like a constellation of stars. Whereas this, these things aren't really related, but they make up the constellation of gender. And they oh. just, they're, they're not, does that make sense? No, that's really, so like, yeah. that actually tracks for me. Our producer's drawing a diagram of this as you talk. He just <laughs> he erased the line and put dots. And that actually tracks for me. That helps me to understand it a little bit better. Yeah, I think also it's important to discuss the fact that people can change how they identify. I mean, I the more that we discuss pansexuality, months ago I would have been like, I have no idea. Now I feel like I might be pansexual. Like, I feel like I wouldn't ever say no to anybody, even like trans men, like trans women. I mean, I just don't know. I think we're all like sort of exploring. So you have to kind of have that grace to allow people to change their minds. Well, and I think that's the interesting conversation about gender and sexual identity, right? Is I feel like it's my experience that the more people learn about gender, the more they start to question their sexual identity because it becomes, okay, if I say that I'm a woman and I'm attracted to men or trans men included, what do I mean by that? Right. And so I think when people start to think through, okay, like what is gender and who counts as what or like whatever, I think people tend to have this experience of being like, maybe gender does not play as big of a role as I think it does and who I'm attracted to. Um, and yeah, so it's just been a really, I think it's a really interesting moment that I feel like folks are coming to, both in terms of folks learning words that help them identify what their experience in the world is. And I think that's really powerful. And then also people being like, well, wait, actually, now that I understand that idea, what does that mean for me? Well, yeah, and I think yeah. it's really interesting too because, like, listen, I'm one of those. I'm one of those. I fought so hard to come out and be gay that I I took such pride in that, and I had I've had to fight for it for decades, right? And I think that it put me, what it did is put me in like this corner, and I fought so hard to identify as a gay man that that's who I was. I told myself that, and I told people that for so many years that that's all I could be, and I and I kind of did that to myself, and society kind of put me in that position. If mm -hmm. you would if you would have asked me a year ago. 
if I could ever be attracted to a trans man, I would have been like, probably not. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it enough. Uh, and then there was Leif Ashley. <laughs> then I saw Leif listen Ashley. Listen to me. I, I love that you brought I, that up. Listen, if I were single all day long, uh, and so that, but that opens my mind up to like, oh, I guess there are probably a lot more trans men out there that I'm not even aware of. Well, also my straight cis female friend who's married to a cis man. I happened to show her a photo of uh, Leif yesterday as well. And she was like, oh. I would absolutely be with him like if I wasn't married. So it's like mm. interesting to see even just like straight cis. Well, that's why representation women. matters. A thousand percent. Can I ask you, Dr. Melissa? So this weekend, I, I we met this couple. They're a lovely couple. Uh, and I want to make sure I get this right because one of them identifies as he they, which still sort of confuses me. I'm afraid to say the wrong thing, but I think that means I can say either, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. And he identifies as non-binary uh, and is married to a man. So for all intents and purposes, they're a gay couple in my eyes. But he does identify as he also. So I guess they are a gay couple. Uh, but he's also in entertainment. And so if you work in this industry long enough, you start to, start to get a little bit jaded sometimes by how people present themselves. And we see opportunistic sort of people left and right, right? And so... For me, it's hard sometimes to put my my feelings aside and say, are you just trying to, to pop right now because this is trending? Are you just trying mm. to to get a leg up in an industry that is celebrating these sorts of things finally for the first time? How do I stop myself from thinking that? Or is it possible that that does happen sometimes and that's okay too? <sighs> well, first, you know, you had said about like, they use he and they pronouns. And so are they a gay couple if they're in a relationship with this, this man? I would say that's a, definitely a question to ask them. Got it. Because, you know, if that person identifies as non-binary and therefore does not identify as a man and we're, we're conceptualizing a gay couple as two men, then that wouldn't make sense. But, like, you know, some people are like, whatever. Like, I'll use whatever term makes sense for me. But to answer your actual question, huh, I think the bandwagon question is so interesting because – why would people like this is the thing that gets me why would people trip over themselves and fight so hard to be oppressed like i don't understand the idea when people are like are people just saying they're non-binary because it's cool it's like what is cool about being part of a marginalized group is that really cool or fun right so like i think that if people are telling you who they are and just because you know a term you know, that's how language works is like experiences, the human experience is right. And then we find language to describe the human experience and language can never perfectly encapsulate the human experience. It's too complex, but we do the best that we can. Mm. And so I think if someone comes across a word that is like, Oh, like that feels good for me. Like when I put that on it, that feels like it describes my experience. I think that we should just believe them and it's not that non-binary identity or non-binary experience is a new thing it's not it's existed for all of time you know like and it's just that one there's a specific term for it that people are using which is non-binary but also that it's getting it's like what you all were saying earlier about representation when people hear this word and they're like oh that's me that's the thing that's this like that's actually a really beautiful thing that i think should be celebrated rather than like challenged or to be suspicious about. Uh, Dr. Melissa Favello, I really appreciate your insight. I think that we constantly are trying to learn and grow and uh, and you give us that space. So thank you so much. And to be fair, my fiance and I have dinner plans with them when I get back from Europe. So, so I'm, I am definitely trying to learn and I'm trying to, I, I think they're a fantastic couple regardless of, of how they identify. So that's awesome. Thank so, you so much. Thank you, Dr. Melissa. Sure. All right, coming up, could a century-old tradition end because of COVID? Find out what it is and why it might be ending next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Uh, we just had a fantastic conversation on on the human experience. Uh, terms like non-binary, pansexual, gender non-conforming. Uh, what do they actually mean? How are they similar? How are they very, very different? If you missed that conversation, go download our app on uh, odyssey.com. Uh, and look for a conversation with Dr. Melissa Fabello, our sexuality expert. We just had it uh, just moments ago. So check that out a little bit later on after that goes up. Uh, how about this? COVID-19 has changed a lot in the world, right? Could it change the way we greet people forever? Have you, have, so. you, have you shaken hands with anybody recently? Um, 
Is shaking the right word? You know what? I'm not even a shaking guy. I'm a hugging guy. Yeah. But I have been met with a lot of elbows. Yes. So You're going for a hug and yeah. Yeah. And I I feel like I'm realizing that um, even before the pandemic, there were some people that would rather like bump fists than handshake. Mm-hmm. But I haven't. I don't think I've shaken a hand in a year. Turns out Howie Mandel are not as crazy as we all thought for the last twenty uh, years. Right. He's a, he's, a, he's a sort of a, a known germaphobe. He's he. he Wears it with pride. He doesn't shake anybody's hands. He'll do an elbow, an elbow uh, to another elbow. But yeah, it's really interesting because I was raised to shake somebody's hand, especially if it's another man. <laughs> Toxic masculinity, uh, and to shake stern, have a nice grip, and look him right in the eyes every single time. Yeah. And if you really want to do a power move. You shake their hand, and then you put your if you're right-handed, you take your left hand, then and put it on either their forearm all the way up to their elbow, even, and you kind of just lay your hand there. That's a hardcore power move. Yeah. I still think that I'm a handshaker, and I think that I always will be. I don't know that everybody else will want to shake my hand though. It's really interesting to see what's going to happen after we come out of the trauma. You know, we just passed four million lives lost globally. Uh, that's a that's a lot. Six hundred and five thousand Americans, I believe. Yeah. As of this week. Um. Is there is there a better way? Are we going to do the elbow thing forever? Is that really the I, best alternative? I mean, it might be. To be honest, I think that handshaking is a thing that we may miss or whatever because it's like what we've always done. But also, people are gross. Like sometimes they don't wash their hands after they go to the bathroom. Sometimes they like okay pick their noses. A thousand percent. So uh, then, so you go to like Europe, for instance, you get a kiss on both cheeks. Sometimes three. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes on the I lips. Think that's lovely. Okay. Is that safer to you and more hygienic than a handshake? Um, I don't know if it's safer or more hygienic. I think, though... It feels classier. It feels classier, and you're not physically touching. You may be in, like, the same airspace, but, like... Oh, so you're saying, like, an air kiss is what you're doing. Yeah. You just do, like, a little... Sometimes the cheeks touch. Yeah. You're okay with that, though? That one. I, I mean, I'm not the one to ask. I'm fine with handshaking, yeah. kissing, you hugging. Have no, you have I'm no so, boundaries. I love affection. Mm. I hug all my friends. But I think that for people uh, like Lisa, like I think she's very happy with not having a handshake. Oh, she's she, one of those. Yeah, she's my little good sister, with the same bumps. Way. Yep, my little sister's bump. also sort of like, I think introverts are okay with this. Yeah, yeah, because also she's the one that pointed out. She's like, people go to the bathroom all the time and don't wash their hands, Michaela. And she's <laughs> literally like a hand washer, even before the, before the pandemic. She was like very, very clean. So I just think that, you know... Even if in an office setting, maybe it's just a simple high is enough. We don't need to shake hands anymore. It is interesting to think about uh, the, the idea of shaking hands. You know, in Asian cultures, and and I loved this. We were in Thailand. We were in Bali right before, uh, right before the pandemic. They don't shake hands. They bow. I they think that's their, nice they, too. They, so they respectful. put their own hands together and give yeah. like a slight bow to each other, and I think that's really, really beautiful. I think it is too. You know, shaking hands is something that isn't uniquely American, but it is very much a part of American sort of our way of culture. life in our culture. Absolutely, um, it is. It's a way to show. Apparently, uh, shaking somebody's hand is a way to show them uh, that you're unarmed. That's how it initially started back in the gladiator times or or if you're in a duel or if you you carry a gun on you, you shake somebody's hand to show you, look, I don't have a weapon in my hand. It's a little bit outdated. I don't think most of us are carrying around weapons anymore. Right. But also on the flip side of this, and this goes to what I was taught as as a young man, a weak handshake could literally ruin your career. Wow. According to applied uh, the Journal of Applied Physiology, um, a firm handshake indicates indicates self confidence and extroversion, um, and those incapable of doing that are less likely to get hired for high level jobs. That's real. I'll tell you, there is nothing worse in the world to me. Okay, there really are a lot of things worse than a mm. limp handshake. I know it. Uh, hey, people, you get judged by the way I, you handshake. A thousand percent judge people. Women too. Women too. I if somebody shakes my hand, I don't like it. Justin, what's worse, the limp handshake or the one that the just sweaty palm? To try to crush your oh, hand? that one's weird. Or the too. sweaty hand too. The, uh, the sweaty palm. For me, it's the, the sweaty palm combo with the limp hand. Mm. No way. Ew. It freaks me out. Some people just have sweaty palms. 
That, I mean, that's fine. The, the sweaty palms doesn't bother me. So maybe this is a great equalizer because now that I'm thinking about it, maybe there are corporations that are missing out on really fantastic employees. Because of the handshake. There's sweaty palms and they don't know how to shake a hand. A limp hand. So maybe this is a blessing in disguise. Listen, I love it. I think it's great. It's, it's how I show confidence to people. So I'm, I'm going to kind of miss it if it does go away forever. I am a hugger, though. Yeah. I can hug people. I don't, I'm don't. i not really big onto the kiss-kiss thing, but I could do a little bow. Yeah. I, I could take, I, I'll I, do a little I, bow. How yeah. about a curtsy? Definitely not going to curtsy. Love a curtsy. That's definitely. Love a curtsy. You've never curtsied in your life. Yes, I have. Really? It's me. Why would I not curtsy? Just okay, to be well, annoying. Fair enough. I've literally Irish danced. Can you start curtsying? Okay, as more people come back to the office, will you just start <laughs> curtsying to everyone? <laughs> yes, good day. Sir. Yeah, good day. Good day. I'm yes. going to go to Tim right now, and I'm going to curtsy to him, see what he says. Who's Tim? You know, the front desk guy. Really? Oh, yeah, Tim. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What's Poppin', but before I let Michaela take over, I do want to remind you that our show is also a podcast, so if you can't listen to us in real time, don't you worry your pretty little heart. We've got you covered. Download the Odyssey app at audacy.com. Listen to our show as a podcast uh, wherever you take your mobile device. Please and thank you. Amen. I'm Michaela Gordon. What's poppin'? Okay, I've been waiting for this. I'm obsessed with Halsey. I think she's so beautiful. I had the opportunity to interview her, and she's just so brilliant, uh, so well-spoken, and so talented. Um, And she's finally giving us some good news. The bisexual singer just announced her newest album, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. And she did it in such an epic way. The album cover shows... Halsey as a queen and Madonna figure, one breast out with a baby sitting on her lap as she sits on a golden throne. It's just so epic, and the caption is incredible. She said, this album is a concept album about the joys and horrors of pregnancy and childbirth. It was very important to me that the cover art conveyed the sentiment of my journey over the past few months, the dichotomy of the Madonna and the whore, the idea that me as a sexual being and my body as a vessel and gift to my child are two concepts that can coexist peacefully and powerfully. My body has belonged to the world in many different ways the past few years, and this image is my means of reclaiming my autonomy and establishing my pride and strength as a life force for my human being. Okay. Uh, The album is coming out August 27th. 2021. I think it's beautiful. Um, She's celebrating pregnant and postpartum bodies. I'll tell you, I went to see my sister, Kim Caldwell, yesterday, and she's now had two babies. One, her youngest is a year and a half, and it's so wild because I've seen her in her wildest stages when we were just like teenagers to now her as like this beautiful, iconic mother and just the way that she speaks about motherhood and from the women that I know and love who have had children it's so difficult and postpartum depression is very real for so many women and truly your body is no longer yours when you have a baby I mean your breasts are being used to feed this baby you have pushed this baby out of your body that you birthed and um I love that Halsey constantly is taking charge and taking her power back and uh, I love that I live for this I say free the nipple all day, every day. Yeah. Like I, I Well, it's also just so stupid. Like, I've never understood the fight where you can't just, like, breastfeed in public or, like, it, they're used to feed people. Literally. Literally. They create life. Yeah. So get over it. Yeah, but we also, sexualize everything. Listen, I also love Halsey. I've interviewed her so many times over the years. I know you have as well. And she's just always so present, so kind, and just so, and she's so talented. Yep. I just, I love love her as a mom. I love her as an artist. I love her always. I love it too. I really do too. All right, coming up uh, in very sad news, a shocking realization about realizing we are not as safe as we think. Even simply walking down the street is something that we have to be careful of. And we're going to discuss why in our next hour. Coming up this hour on The Morning Beat. Huh. Maybe we're not quite as safe as we think we are. You know, I'm getting ready to head over to Europe uh, in about a week, and I will be going to Spain. I'm going to Barcelona for a few days with one of my best friends in the world to celebrate our birthdays a year later than we planned um, because she was living in Portugal during the height of the pandemic. Uh, Dr. Therese, she's been on her show, and we're going to have the time of our lives. Uh, But the story of Samuel Luis uh, being murdered uh, in Spain recently by a bunch of cis straight men uh, has me second guessing my 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 trip to be yeah. honest. And some people on social media, I shared the story the other day when the news broke, and people on social media are saying, "Don't go, don't go, don't go." And this sort of happened right before we went to Bali as well. 
Remember, I think it was, was it yeah. Lance Bass or somebody? Who no, was, it was one of the guys from Queer Eye. Queer Eye, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bobby. I think it was Bobby Burke, yeah. maybe. And they had said, you know, don't go to Bali. And I'm like, listen, I talked to my mom about this last night. And uh, she had she had thoughts. And I'm going to share those with you in about eh, 13 minutes when we discuss this, this tragedy in Spain. Uh, because it's not just happening in Spain. It's happening all over the world to our community. And it's important that we have these conversations uh, and inform those who have hate in their hearts so they can maybe do better. Yeah. That's the hope. Uh, right now, though, it is time for news on the beat. Uh, what do you have for us? Well, there's breaking news. Uh, coming out of Tokyo, fans were banned from the pandemic, postponed uh, Tokyo Olympics, which will open in two weeks. The ban came hours after a state of emergency in the capital. Starting from Monday, uh, the decisions uh, were made because they're in a state of emergency. I think we talked about this yesterday, that the vaccines just are not getting out fast enough. And so uh, people are in fear and there will be no fans. That's crazy to me. The Olympics have been so wild, I feel like, this year. Even with the news regarding Shakari Richardson, just like now no fans. That's got to be like, look, I'm a singer. I know that when I was doing shows and there was nobody in the audience, it's like a weird feeling. Like you you don't need an audience, but you like get so much energy and you feel yeah. cool. Imagine training your whole life to be in the Olympics. Yep. And just like hyping yourself up. Yeah, you know that listen, I am, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Olympics. I'm obsessed with the Olympics. There's something special and magical that happens at these large, large sporting events, especially the the Olympics, uh, when the fans are just roaring. It brings things out people. And not having that is just so sad. Yeah. But the alternative, I don't think it's worth lives to have fans. Because people would inevitably die. No, no, I hear that. So it's just, it's a lose-lose situation. you got to think Tokyo is so thrilled about this. They won the Olympics probably, what, eight or nine, ten years ago probably. So that's usually how far out they, they, they award the Olympics to different cities. They've been looking forward to this and spending gazillions of dollars. And now here we are. Yeah. It's just sad. It's just really sad. But also, if you're Shakari, you got to be like, well, I'll skip this one. Yeah. This I'll be is back the one in three I want to skip it's anyway. She's, only, she's 21. Yeah. She'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Another news the global coronavirus death toll has surpassed 4 million as threats from variants, low vaccination rates, and spotty pandemic responses linger. Uh, Indian Prime Minister dropped 12 members of his cabinet in a reshuffle spurred by a devastating second coronavirus wave. The Modi administration has faced international and domestic criticism over its alleged lack of preparedness and chaotic vaccination program rollout in the U.S. Emerging data underscores the desperate need for more vaccinations. For example, every person who died of COVID-19 in June in Maryland was unvaccinated. And now that the Delta variant is spreading more, some experts are asking whether we should test vaccinated people for the virus and whether vaccinated people should resume Using masks in certain situations. That's wild. Every single person who died of COVID last month in Maryland were all unvaccinated. Yeah, it's like the awful. vaccines do work. Yeah. People might you might still get COVID with the vaccine, but you're not gonna die from yeah, it. Yeah, it's important. Yes. You know? All right, well, summer's here and it's queer and it's coming to you thanks to McDonald's. It's 113 in Vegas, 86 in New York. Uh, 111 in Palm Springs, 81 in Houston, 86 in Kansas City, 111 in Phoenix, 86 in St. Louis, and a high of 111 in Cathedral City. Um, There is a, from the National Weather Service, though, excessive heat warning for Coachella Valley. It's going to be real hot, so you're going to want to use those cooling stations. Now, uh, at McDonald's, it's so great. You can get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid Strawberry Watermelon Slushy. Or McCafe Fraps and Smoothies for just $2. That ought to cool you off. Now give us a vibe of the day. I believe in being strong when everything seems to be going wrong. Yeah. That's the time to be strong, people. Absolutely. All right. Well, again, our community is having to show a lot of strength as we are coming to a shocking realization as we find out we are still not as safe as we think. Uh, sadly, due to a story coming out of Spain uh, after Pride. And we discuss coming up next. All right, this story is heartbreaking. I shared it on my social media a couple of days ago, and it's finally getting the international attention that it deserves. Uh, a young man in Spain, 24 years old, a uh, gay man, uh, was murdered recently. His name is Samuel Luis. Uh, he was a nursing assistant, and he'd been, uh, he was out in uh, La Coruña in uh, Galicia, and, which is a northwestern city uh, in Spain, uh, and he was beaten to death. Uh, 
in the very early hours of July 3rd, uh, he later died in the hospital after being attacked by a group of men. Apparently, uh, one of the men, uh, he was outside of a club or a bar, and he was on his cell phone uh, FaceTiming or video chatting uh, with somebody else. And uh, this other man apparently thought that he was trying to record him and went away, came back with 12 others. They attacked Luis, uh, left him unconscious, and uh, all because they thought they were, he was on camera. And they are now being uh, accused of a hate crime, as they should be, uh, and protests are erupting all over the place. Now, this is really interesting because Spain, historically, has been pretty friendly to our community. Uh, but hate crimes against members of our community have increased by 8.6% in Spain uh, between 2018 and 2019. Uh, and that number continues to grow. We're starting to see this happen around the world. It's part of, I think, a result of this sort of nationalism that is taking root in many countries all over the planet. And when you when you ask questions like, eh, why does it matter that Donald Trump was our president or that Bolsonaro is the you know, leader of Brazil or why, you know, Boris Johnson is the prime minister of the UK? Um, this is why. Yeah, I also it leads to just hatred. I think that also we really need to take accountability uh, when it comes to phone usage. Um, not everything is about us. Yeah. Like maybe I'm just FaceTiming my friend, yes. not filming you. Yep. I think that there's also a way to, if you do feel like you're being filmed for whatever reason, asking. I, I will say this. Lisa one time thought that we were being filmed and she was not wrong. Um, and she went up to the guy and was like, are you filming us? I want to see. And made him delete it. No physical altercation. If you don't want to be filmed... You need to make sure you're not being filmed. If you do feel violated, you can have them delete it. But to not only beat this man, but 12 other people joining in to beat one man. And also, looking at his frame, first of all, he had the most beautiful face. Gorgeous. It is so sad. He was a looked to be more on the lean side, more of a petite man. 12 why 12? And also, how on earth? I, I couldn't find 12 people. This should make you... If, if you think you could find 12 people to go murder somebody right now, you need to re- rethink your life. Yeah. I, I couldn't come up with 12 people who would get in a fight. Who, Absolutely Who would hit not. anybody. I don't even know anybody. That's what I'm saying. I don't even know one person in my life that would just go up and knock somebody yeah. out. Yeah. It's just very sad. Yeah, and... I, yeah, I couldn't find... Just, I couldn't find 12 people to help me move. Like, like literally, right. I can find twelve people to do anything like that, to 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 group think like that, and to to go in on this young man. And the numbers tell me that out of, out of those twelve, probably at least a couple of them are gay or bisexual, just based on statistics. The, the amount of self hatred it takes to be involved in something like this. And so, you know, I'm going to Spain in about two weeks. I'm going to Portugal first, and then uh, my friend and I are going from Lisbon to Barcelona for three nights. I've never been. And I've been so excited. I booked this trip months ago, hoping that things would hold, that the pandemic would subside enough that uh, international travel to Europe could resume, and it has, and I am thrilled. I've spent a lot of money. It's the first time I've ever traveled internationally solo. My fiance is not going. And then I saw this story, and I was like, ugh. Yeah. Like, once again. And I talked to my mom about this because she saw that I posted it on social media. And I kind of got a little bit upset with her last night. And 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 also because I'd had a, a really big martini. Because I think that this story just hit for me. It just scared me a little bit. And I said, she's like, well, and some other people on social media said, don't go. The yeah, same- I do want to make it very clear, though. And listen, my your well-being is my only interest. Um, although it happened in Spain, it's happening in America. Well, and that's the thing. And that's what I said. I said, mom, I go... Literally just this week, your governor in the state of Ohio signed a bill saying that if, if Emil and I were in that state, my fiance and I were in that state, and God forbid we needed medical attention for some sort of emergency, yeah, a doctor could choose now you, to deny us service. You too. To yeah. deny us service because they don't agree with the lifestyle. She goes, that would never happen. They would go, oh. Blah, 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 blah. It's happening. It does happen, and it ha- it's happened to minorities for generations. It's not. It would never happen. 
It's happening. And, and also, that's not a risk I'm willing to take. So I'm not safe here in our own country either. Just recently in New Jersey, uh, there's a story of a teen who's now been charged for attempting to murder a stranger that he thought was gay. This was an 18-year-old. I mean, we have done stories reported about 12-year-olds committing suicide Mm -hmm. because they were being bullied and called gay here in the United States. You don't have to travel to Spain to get your butt beat. It's all over the world. And unfortunately, it's stories like Samuel that remind us what's Mm -hmm. happening. You know... My brother's name is Samuel. When I think of that name, I think of my baby. Like, Mm -hmm. we grew up together. And, you know, I would just be devastated if my younger brother or if any of the men in my life were beat to death. And when people say, and you know I love Mama Kath, and I, I, I know that she comes with the best intentions always. She's very, very good to me. But when people say, well, that would never happen it is happening. Yeah, give, and even Lisa, who's yeah. so smart, my partner, who watches the news, who's very woke, didn't even know who Marjorie Taylor was, like the extensive damage that she's doing. And when I was like, "Here, well, okay, Lisa, here's what she said. She was like, Oh, Marjorie That's Taylor cra- Green? Yes, yeah. where she's like attacked the LGBTQ community. Those words she matter. She was like, I had no idea. And I'm like, just because you don't know doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah. It's yeah. happening. But you know what? Here's here's my thing. And and I, I'll get out of this segment because I don't want to talk about it anymore. But I will be damned if I'm going to not travel and experience yes. cultures and food and people. Uh, because cause the part of the problem, the reason that we are here as a culture globally, to be fair, is that people don't travel. I wish Marjorie Taylor Greene would go to a different country as opposed to having affairs with her tantric sex guru and her gym owner while she's married with three three children and then going to tell me about what a family is. Okay. I I wish she would travel to Mexico. I wish Donald (sighs) Trump would have gone to Mexico and spent time there instead of calling Mexicans rapists and murderers and building a wall. Because what happens when you travel is your mind and your heart expands. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. Whether my life be at risk or not, I don't care. Absolutely. You got to And honey, guess what? We're getting married in Mexico. Yes. Because it's beautiful and the people are kind. Yeah. Just like they are in Spain. Absolutely. And they will continue to be. These these individuals, though, are the outliers. But they are everywhere. They sure so are. So be careful. Uh, now, coming up, this story, a teenager is blown away by his parents' outrageous request for him to be able to still live at home after college. Are his parents the a-hole or is he? We've got our thoughts coming up next. Okay, so we love uh, Reddit for many reasons. One of them is their thread, Am I the A-Hole? People post questions on there uh, to figure out, sort of to settle an argument. Uh, Oftentimes, they revolve around bridesmaids who maybe had a request of their... uh, from the bride, uh, and they're trying to say, listen, is it insane that she asked this of me, or am I the actual a-hole? Well, this story involves an 18-year-old who is struggling with his decision to move out of his parents' house. He's going to be starting college soon. His parents told him that they expected him to pay rent and bills if he still wanted to live at home. The trouble was they wanted $1,300 a month, which was the price of an entire apartment in his area. Now, he says, uh, before my 18th birthday month, over over a month ago, my parents started talking about how they expect me to pay for rent and half the bills if I expect to stay here. That wasn't the problem. The problem was the $1,300 they were asking. Uh, he accepted their terms, and he decided to move out. But his parents, they didn't like that. They gave him the option. He took it and moved out. He said, I said, fine. I talked to one of my friends. I already knew. He had his own place, but he was looking for a new roommate for the past three months. Ended up going with him. He added me to the lease. My own room, bathroom, plus the total for rent and half the bills. It's way less than the rent by itself that my parents expected me to pay. But the thing is, they're super mad at him for leaving now. His mom ignored him when he moved out. His dad kept saying he's so disappointed in him. Oh, my God. Now, for a while, they were hoping to rely on me uh, helping out with their mortgage payments on the house and the bills. So now that he's chosen to leave, his dad says, I'm not going to leave them. He's going to leave them really struggling. And he can't believe I decided to be selfish instead of helping my family out. Who's the a-hole? Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. I don't even know some grown-ups that pay $1,300 in rent living in Los Angeles. Come on. 
That's so offensive. And also, I can't imagine growing up in a home like that, the guilt that they've put on this. It sounds like the parents wanted a free ride. Listen, the Where parents, do they live the, that he would have to pay $1,300 anyway? It's not clear in this story where they live, I don't believe, unless I missed it somewhere. I don't care where they live, though. His parents are a-holes, in my opinion. A thousand percent. I am all for, I am all for reasonably teaching your kids, uh, your child, um, how to manage money and to pay bills. I get that. And if you are one of those households where the day your child turns 18, they're an adult, and, and or the day they graduate high school, maybe, let's say that, they're an adult, and if they're going to stay with you, they're going to pay rent. I get that. You start small. You, you don't charge them rent because you can't afford your bills. What have they done for the last 18 years? Yeah. He doesn't become like, he doesn't become an extra source of income. And when when you give a child an ultimatum, and by the way, I think an 18-year-old is still a child very much so. A thousand percent, especially going to college. I was a 28-year-old child. I mean, when you give them an ultimatum and they make, sounds to me like he made the reasonable choice. He says, okay, I know your offer. Now that's going to motivate me to either accept it and figure out a way to pay for it or find a better option, which he did. This is very damaging. I was raised in a home where there were similar things. Like I had to get a job and I had to pay some of the bills. Mm. And even when I moved out of LA, I was still helping pay the bills. Mm -mm. And I think that it's very difficult to put that on a child because... It's selfish. It's so selfish. And also, like, it creates this very weird relationship with money. And then it makes you have, like, this lack mentality. A thousand percent. And all this boy's trying to do is go to college and... And start his life. Get it together. Yeah. It's just really rude. The parents are a-holes. Listen, I'll say this. So, I know that the way that my parents raised me was very different from how they raised the rest of the kids. I was the oldest. And and I don't think... I think I can remember one time, one time when I was in probably my teen or 20s, uh, teens or 20s, where my mom gave me gas money. They did give me a car when I turned 16. I got my mom's old car for a year or so. And then I believe maybe when I was 18 or so, I bought my own car, my first car. I had a Mazda Protégé. Uh, I think it was $161 a month, which to me at the time was a fortune. Uh, but I bought my own car. And they co-signed and they, they supported that. But I paid that bill. And every they bailed me out over the years when things would go wrong or a car broke down, but I paid for every bit of gas. I paid for my insurance. I paid for my car note, all of it. And they taught me to do that. Yeah. They never in a million years would have asked me to pay rent. No. You know, and, and I stayed at home when the summers, when I was in college, uh, my little sister lived at home, you know, through after college for another year or two because of the pandemic. She's been staying at home and now she has an apartment. And I know they helped her with her rent to some degree when she just got started trying to get a job. It's one thing to teach your child to be responsible. And I think that if these parents want to actually really be good parents, that's fine. You can charge your child $1,300 a month, but then you put that money aside. Put it aside. in a safe. Yeah, put, put it, it in a... Put it aside so that when they're able and ready to like move on and start their lives, you give them that money and say, hey. Absolutely. Here's a little nest egg. Go Go soar. Well, we've got a what's popping that's similar to this. Uh, Britney Spears is back in the headlines, and her mother is intervening about her finances. It's about Find time. out what Lynn Spears has to say next. We're doing the best that we can. Yes, we are. And we're going to continue doing that this entire hour. Coming up in about 12 minutes from right now, we're having a conversation about representation in our government. And a new study reveals that it might not be as easy as we thought to elect gay men, and we might not be the best option for our community uh, to raise our voices and to and to represent moving forward. Where does the secret lie? Well, we'll tell you in about 12 minutes from right now. Uh, currently, though, it is time for news on The Beat. Michaela, what do you have for us? Well, there's a lot going on. Um, the global coronavirus death toll has surpassed 4 million as threats from variants, low vaccination rates, and spotty pandemic responses linger. Now, the Indian Prime Minister dropped 12 members of his cabinet in a reshuffle spurred by a devastating second coronavirus wave. The Modi administration has faced international and domestic criticism over its alleged lack of preparedness and chaotic vaccination program rollout. In the U.S., emerging data underscores the desperate need for more vaccinations. For example, every person who died of COVID-19 in June in Maryland was unvaccinated. And now that the Delta variant is spreading more, some experts are asking whether we should test vaccinated people for the virus and whether vaccinated people should resume using masks 
in certain situations. You know, this is a big deal because we talked about how Tokyo has banned fans from the Olympics uh, in a decision that they just made um, because it's just getting really out of control and people are just not, there's not enough people vaccinated, not enough vaccines available. And so just because, you know, people are getting back to normal, we're still very much in a pandemic. Japan has a vaccine uh, rate of about 1% or 2% of their population. Like it's insanely, insanely low. Uh, and also, we're seeing now that vaccines don't really mean a whole lot when it comes to international travel. I know that initially, uh, travel to Europe started to open up again if you were vaccinated, which is still the case. You don't have to quarantine, but I still have to get a test before I leave to get on that plane. Yeah. And then I have to, have to get a test to come back, too, even though I'm fully vaccinated. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, okay, in other news, after tackling... Oh, are we done? We're good. We're out of time. Oh, we're done. We're done. We're out of time. We're leaving. Get yeah. out. Let's go. Follow me. We're going to Palm Springs. How about, no, how about some hot. weather? All right. Summer is here, and it's queer, and it's brought to you by McDonald's. It's very hot in the Coachella Valley today. Uh, make sure you find those cooling stations, 113 degrees uh, in Indio, 111 in Cathedral City, 102 in Sacramento, 90 in Baltimore, 111 in Phoenix, 86 in Kansas City, 111 in Vegas, and 86 in Los Angeles. Now at McDonald's, get a small summer treat like the new Minute Made strawberry watermelon slushie or the cafe fraps and smoothies for just two bucks. Now give us a vibe of the day, babe. I believe in being strong when everything seems to be going wrong. I don't know why, but I immediately heard, I believe the children are our future. I thought you were going to say, I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. Oh, that's also a great tune. Mm-hmm. Okay. Coming up, uh, is the way to more LGBTQ plus representation uh, a female's touch? Look, I don't want to say women have more of a finesse about them. Mm. But then you had a lesbian woman. But Honey. also, speaking of women, um, do you believe in life after love? <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Uh, something we talk about often on this show is representation. We also talk a lot about politics and this story uh, and this this survey, these, these results released by the LGBTQ Victory Institute are not shocking, uh, but they are significant. Uh, They studied uh, those who entered the political fray between 2016 and 2020 uh, who ran for office on a national level. Now, these are candidates, uh, 1,088 to be specific, that were endorsed by the LGBTQ Victory Fund. It's a political action committee um, that's part of the Victory Institute, right? So what they found is that women are actually better candidates for political office than men by about 10%. You know I love this. Nearly 70% of the women, uh, that's including lesbian, bisexual, and other non-heterosexual women, uh, queer women, uh, nearly 70% of the time won their races compared to just under 60% of queer cisgender men who were endorsed by the exact same organization, by the same committee. Um, they I love e- this. They even said uh, that queer cisgender women accounted for just 35% of the victory uh, fund endorsed. So, therefore, they actually are very – like, they found that bisexual and lesbian women do very, very well across the country. In that's states, yeah, And even in states you wouldn't expect them to. Yeah, that's amazing. It's so funny because I was talking with my, uh, my favorite – one of my faves yesterday, another woman, and she's recently started taking on a new business venture where she's – now a manager and uh i was like that's so crazy and she says yeah like she talked to the president of icm which is a huge agency Mm -hmm. she's been talking with um big big companies for her client who's blowing up and i said how does it feel like how do you feel and she said i feel really empowered and i think you know we've had this narrative that women are like very emotional and when it comes to having big guy conversations um, and you're sitting in a room with the majority of men, you feel intimidated and, and uh, you know, sometimes although it's business for the other person for us it, it's still personal personal sure and um she said i'm just learning how to not do that anymore and i'm i'm trying to just you know figure that out and so it's really great to see that women are coming together i just read this article also that black and brown women i believe have taken up um a majority of space so that it's actually white cis men are now the minority when yep. it comes to business did you see that i love that i yeah. love that 
And also, um, that's the shifting demographic. That's not that's not in corporations as a whole. Right, but right. Yeah, just yeah. Sh- uh huh. But also another a number another number that jumped out from this uh, survey that's really interesting to me is that transgender female candidates. And let's just be super crystal clear: there aren't a ton of trans candidates, male or female, yet, and there aren't nearly as en- enough, right, as many as we need. But transgender female candidates uh, won fifty four percent of the time, while trans men. Only one, eighteen percent of the time. That's a huge gap, yeah. and it shows you that our country is getting on board with transness when it comes to women to some degree. We have a long, long, long way to go. Uh, but trans men aren't really represented anywhere. Like they're not really being seen or heard just yeah. yet, which is fascinating. Yeah. Um, it, and, and 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 I don't understand exactly why necessarily um i think that historically we like to also celebrate and showcase beauty and traditionally in our country we think of beauty and we think of women whether that it means you are born physically a woman or if you are a transgender female or you identify as a woman uh, i think that still our country has a long way to go but it's a good thing to see that even over half of the trans women who are running for office across the country are winning well you know this is a conversation maybe we can talk about next week Because when it does, you're absolutely right when it comes to trans male representation. And there are trans men that are Lath Ashley, who is unbelievable, literally gorgeous. But he's also very rare. A lot of times when trans men um, are visible, there is still have the framing or the petiteness that a woman carries as far as height, as far as even muscle tone. Mm-hmm. And I think that, again, in our community, I think they're respected. But sometimes trans men are still seen by a judgy eye as I say. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I would even say within our own community, I don't yeah, think trans men are yeah, respected, maybe. to be fair. And, and and I'm guilty of this as well. I don't have a lot of trans male friends. I genuinely don't. Outside of Lathe Ashley, I think most, and, and that's not even a household name for most people. No. I think that maybe Elliot Page now, but I, most- But Elliot most, Page still has the framing, I, I, if you no, will. But my, my point is that I don't think most Americans could name one or two trans men. Yeah, they could probably name eh, three or four trans women at least. And most people are going to say Laverne Cox or Caitlyn Jenner. Like they know a few, right? But most people probably couldn't even name one trans man. So it's fascinating. Yeah, uh, more representation is needed. But, but this are, is a really good start. Yeah, and apparently, women are the the the, the great saviors. We love They're that. the way forward for all of us. We love that. Um, I just love being a woman. I love being a strong woman, and uh, that's that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 